Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. First Samuel 17, verse 1, it says this, Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sukkot, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sukkot and Azekar in Ephstamim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered, and encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of Philistine, from the Philistines, a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs, and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield bearer went before him. Verse 8, he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I want to preach a message today called All or Nothing, the price of a God-sized vision. All or Nothing. Come on, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we're grateful that every time we open up the Word of God, it speaks life into us. God, we thank you that it never returns void. It never never bounces back at us with nothing, but we always get something from it. So, Lord, we come under and we we believe, Lord, as we submit to your Word today, God, that you're going to speak to your people. And, God, we're grateful that you always do. Father, we thank you for this church. And, God, I just thank you that you're building this church in such a way that God, it's just going to be a place of salvation. God, we thank you. That's what it is. It's a place where people come and they meet you for the first time, that they learn about their identity, their purpose, who they are, and all that's ahead for them. And God, we thank you for your church. God, we pray for all the churches that are meeting right right now in Miami, in the greater Miami area. Father, we thank you that you're building your church, that you're reinforcing the ranks right now, Lord. Today, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing on the earth in Jesus' name. And we all said... Amen. Amen. Recently in our church, we had a, a vision season, and it was pretty cool. We got to, to, as a church, celebrate all that God had done in seven years, but we also got to celebrate what we believe, what, what, what we believe God had shown us, what was the next seven years, what God had ahead for us. And so we went forth and we declared a brand new vision to our church, and we went out there and we said, we're going to believe for this, and we're going to go, and we're going to believe that God's going to do so much, and... For Jill and I, it was also another stake in the ground for us personally to declare, we're not going anywhere, we're not moving on, we're called to be here, 
You know, it was for me personally, it was one of those kind of burning the ships type moment, you know, burning the bridge behind me and saying, you know what, I'm not going anywhere, God, I'm here. I, I want to keep, I want to I love the people of St. Augustine. I want to build the church here. I want to fulfill what you want to do. And so we declared this vision. It was awesome. And I just love Florida. I'm just, I love St. Augustine. I love Florida. I love a, I'm becoming a, a Floridian redneck by the day. Okay. I, I'm on to my second F-150. I'm fishing as much as I can. You know, I'm just eating all the fried food and it's just, pray for me because I need to do something about a few of those things. But it's all good and I love it. And so we declare this whole new vision and God's good and we're just, we're just believing for provision, for discipleship, for, for growth, for salvation, for, you know, in our county, which is one of the fastest growing counties in the nation, up in the north part of Florida, if we were believing for, for God through the power of the, the kingdom coming to earth, that through our church, we could reach every neighborhood and every street. And we just declared this vision and it was just so good. The church bought in and I just can't encourage you enough to get behind your pastor's vision because it just puts wind in their sails. And, and that happened, it was awesome. And we're just like, man, this is great. And then I, we kind of ended that moment and moved on. And then I, I sort of, you know, got the... The, the, the book's back open. I'm like, okay, Lord, what's, what are we going to do next? You know, what's, what's the next message? Are we going to go? What direction are we going to go in, Lord? And he was just stopped him in my tracks. He said, no, 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 we're not done with this. Because this is, this is, there's a component to this you haven't shared with everyone yet, which is the price of a God-sized vision. And so I wanted to just come around this thought. I'd just love for you to write this down. I encourage our church to write sort of significant things down in the message. I'd love for you to write this down too because I believe it's true of your own life. And it's this, that for the kingdom to come, the enemy has to go. In your life, in the life of this church, in the life of your kids and their destiny, in the future that God has for you, the vision is going to cost something. And that something is the battle it's going to take to win and to inherit the land that God has for you. And again, when we read the scriptures, you know, God's people were given this land of promise, land of milk and honey, beautiful land, fruitful land, amazing land. And God said, I'm going to give you this land today. We don't have a physical land necessarily that God wants to give us. It's a spiritual land. But to inherit the spiritual land that God wants to give us, it's going to take some overcoming. It's going to take a decision, a resolve to step into that. The people of God didn't, didn't take the land all in one day. It was city by city. It was king by king. It was people by people. And step by step with God helping them, they were able to drive out. And it's exactly the same for us today in our lives. And I'm believing today that this could be one of those breakthrough moments for you where maybe you see a little clearer as to what God has for you in the future. But there's always two things that boils down to with God. There's opportunity that he gives us. That's his thing. And there's obedience. And that's our thing. He gives the opportunity. It's our job to obey. But the best part is that Jesus has already given us the authority that we need. We're not stepping into this outside of our authority. We're not going outside of what God has for us. Jesus has clearly said, let me show you one example. Luke 10 and verse 19, he said, Behold, that means take a look at this. I have given you authority 
to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. But he doesn't stop there. He says, and nothing shall hurt you. Like, I don't think we realize how much is packed into that right there. He says, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Do you really think what he's saying to us today is go out there and step on some snakes? If you do that, just let me know how it goes. It's a spiritual thing. It's stepping in and taking authority over what the enemy might be doing in our life. But the reality is this, and this is kind of my burden for the message, is that you can't coexist with the enemy. There cannot be a situation in your life where it's just like, okay, the enemy can, can, can inherit this land with me. You can't look at the enemy and say, you know what, it's cool, you just hang out with me here. It's not the way God works. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. He has to be dislodged, disowned. The keys of the kingdom have been given to us. Now it's our job to take the land. Let me ask you a question. What area of your life could the enemy be occupying right now? What territory is he trying to possess or occupy or maybe even appear to be in control of? I mean, let's take inventory. Could the enemy be at work in your family? Could he be at work in your work life, in your company that you've, you've started, the business you run, your finances, your marriage, your relational world? Here's one, your health. Because I've met several people where I've sat down with them, it's just like, it's a perpetual, continual cycle of sickness. And I've said very lovingly, in, in a way that, that, that was right at the right time, I said, hey, do you think that it's just you getting sick all the time? Or do you feel like the enemy is attacking you? Or do you feel like the enemy is doing something here that we need to figure out? Does the enemy come into your life through an open door? Because that's how it happens. He comes in through open doors. Doors are opened by our words. That's why it's so important to have words that line up with what God says. And have people in your world that will call you out. I remember just being a young Christian and people would just be like, what did you just say? What, did you ju- what just came out of your mouth? Because that is not God's will for your life. Because we say things and if we're not careful, if we're not, the Bible talks about the power of our words, our words life and death, building up, tearing down. But, but that's, how we, that's how we let the door open up to the enemy and our words then become our viewpoints. And our viewpoints, which is the way that we think, the way that we see things, that then becomes the place that the enemy works in our mind and that's how strongholds form. And that's how the enemy takes hold. That's a stronghold. And then we wonder why we're depressed. Or we wonder why we're emotionally down all the time. Or we feel isolated. Or we feel like, man, we start thinking things crazy like God doesn't actually love me. Or that I'm not blessed. Or man, my spouse is not the right person for me. I mean, think about it. We start going crazy. But I think it's because maybe we haven't realized that there's a war going on. And there's a war going on right now. The enemy is actively trying to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. Because we sit in church sometimes, we're just like, yes, God has a plan. Jersey has a tattoo on his arm. (laughs) Jeremiah 29 verse 11. 
Like God has a plan for my life. And yes, he does. But the enemy also has a plan. And his plan is he wants to rip you off. His plan is he wants to rob from you. He wants to remove the spiritual destiny that God has for you. He wants to blind you in such a way so you don't see what God has for you. You put your eyes down into your problems and feel a sense of hopelessness. This is what the enemy does. And if we're not careful, we'll forget what Jesus said. And we'll think it's our lot in life. Matthew 10 and verse 16. Listen to something else that Jesus said. He said, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Listen to it. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And we love the doves part. Because we're like, doves are sweet. Doves are just cuddly and lovely and nice and beautiful. They just float away. But he says, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. He doesn't say just be innocent as doves. He says also be wise as serpents. He says you're going to need to be both. To take hold, behold, because this is how I'm sending you out. So I got three points for us today. I'm a good old-fashioned Pentecostal preacher. I got three points. Okay? We shoot threes here. Point number one, I'd love for you to write this down. Spiritual warfare is real. There is a fight that's going on today on the earth, and it's the war over the souls of the people on this earth. And in different areas around the world, there are principalities and powers that are linked to geographies, and there is spiritual warfare that's going on all the time. And in the area of Miami, you better believe... There is a spiritual war that's going on over the souls of your neighborhood, of your street, of your school, of your workplace. Now, let me ask you a question. Who's going to go get them? It's you. It's me. It's all of us. Because spiritual warfare, it is real. And the enemy loves to deceive us to think that it's not happening. But it is. Ephesians 6 and verse 12, Paul said it like this. He said, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You better believe today, friends, there is a battle going on over your spiritual life. He wants to take your relationship with God. He wants to, 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 to remove you from your marriage. He's trying to steal your purpose from you. He's always going after you. And after over 20 years as a believer, this is what I've learned. The enemy is not a gentleman. And even when you're be- you feel like you're being attacked and something devastating has happened to you, he'll come right back into your life the very next day and try to do something else. So that's why we have to have the spiritual wherewithal, the revelation from the Holy Spirit, the spiritual discernment that he wants to give us in our lives to understand what's going on. Just like in the valley that day, the enemy was there trying to take out God's people. And it's the same today. We have an enemy and he's taunting us. He's threatening us. He's trying to lie to us and he has a plan to take us out. Verse one, now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle. It says that they were gathered, they were formed, they were were in place. The enemy has a plan, he's in place. He's, He's trying to figure it out. He's trying to get in. 
That's why we need to be gathered. That's why we need to be formed. That's why it's so important that you're here, formed, ready, drawn up in line of battle. Understanding, man, there's a spiritual battle going on. We can't be asleep. We can't be on the back foot. We've got to be ready because spiritual warfare, it's the real deal. And if all I could do today was just convince you, maybe something else is going on. Maybe you could look a little bit further and maybe through prayer, maybe through counsel or spending time with a leader here at Calvary, you could talk to them and just say, hey, can we look at this? If I could just convince you, maybe even just to look at it from the Spirit's perspective, to see maybe if the... The, the continuing financial hardship or the, the relationship issues that you're facing, that it's just not your luck. Luck is a great device of the enemy. He would love for you to believe that, oh, it's just bad luck. I stopped believing in luck a long time ago because I started to read the Word. I started to realize what my purpose was. I started to see my value, my identity, who God said I was. I was like, luck? Stop reading that star stuff in the newspaper. Because I know the one who put the stars where they are. Spiritual warfare is real. That's number one. Number two, you ready? We're all called to enter, to fight and to overcome. Your calling in this spiritual battle is not optional. You are needed. And if you're in here today and just like, they don't, they don't need me. Wrong. We need you. Pastor Alex and Diana, they need you. They need you ready for battle. They need you ready to fight. They need you ready to be all in on this thing. It says in verse 2, And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in line of battle. Drew up, ready to fight, ready to be in this thing. Let me just encourage you. Comfort is the great enemy of spiritual breakthrough. Amen. And if we're not careful, what we can do is, is, you know, we go a little bit further along in life. You know, you get a few runs on the board. You know, things are good. Maybe you meet your spouse. You start having a family. And if you're not careful, you can just find yourself just getting comfortable. Yeah. The enemy loves it when you're comfortable. He loves it when you just maybe look in the other way not paying attention because comfort's a great enemy of spiritual breakthrough that's why I love this church so much because there's a hunger for God here there's almost I, I just want to use the word it seems like there's even a desperation for God because when you're desperate for God to move that's the posture of someone who's ready to fight and there are far too many believers that are sitting on the sidelines of this fight or even worse they're walking through life thinking they're not in a fight at all that's deception I want you to take this in for a moment. Christianity, the Christian life, is primarily a personal relationship. That's how it starts. That's how it continues. That's how it stays. But after you say yes to Jesus, it quickly becomes a group project, and that's the church. This is not a one-lane thing. This is not an individual sport. We're in this together. That's why it's valuable, friend, that you're here today. It is not an accident that you're in church today. Because there's a war going on. And you're part of the army of the people of God. And you've taken up your place in church today. You sitting in that seat right now means everything in the kingdom of God. Because you're called to get in the fight, 
You're called to be a part of this thing. We are New Covenant, New Testament believers, and we have victory because of the cross, but we also have the Holy Spirit. Wow. We're people that are born of water and spirit. That's right. So when we enter the fight, we enter with the great advantage, the Holy Spirit as overcomers. We start from a place of overcoming. See, in the Old Testament, God's, God's people fought natural enemies. We fight spiritual enemies. But we have ruling authorities, principalities, powers in the land that need to be driven out. So what are some of the forces that could exist that we might encounter? The first is a spirit of bondage. It's easy to be a Christian and be in bondage. And we need to look at that because that's a spirit that cannot stay, has to go. Spirit of addiction. We come against the spirit of addiction. We don't accept its presence. We cast it out. We say to that spirit, go. A spirit of deception, it's got to go. A spirit of depression, it's got to go. A spirit of lawlessness, it's got to go. Listen to me, a spirit of death. We live in a time where suicide rates have never been higher. It's because a spirit of death has descended into places and amongst societies and communities and it's resulted in people accepting the lie that they have no hope. We as the people of God need to come against that spirit and say we have eternal hope. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And these spirits have a way of intimidating us. Getting us to accept a lesser form of the spiritual life that God has for you. I want you to catch something in this passage that that stood out to me so much. Listen to the language of Goliath. It's in verse 8. He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel. The enemy can be loud sometimes. He can sound sound a lot worse than he is. He says, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? Are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves. Let him come down to me. The tone and the language was loud, overbearing, intimidating, and belittling. Do you ever feel like you're getting harassed, intimidated, belittled? Do you ever feel like you're not enough? You ever feel like, man, I'm never going to be able to step into what God has for me because of all the things I've done? That voice is the enemy telling you that lie. But we've got to be people that recognize it and say, hang on a minute. Yeah, but I might have been some stuff, but I, I might have been through some things. But man, I have the blood of Jesus Christ that washes over me. Every season, every situation. So you see Goliath with this tone with this harassment, with this intimidation, with this belittling, trying to belittle him down to zero. But then I want you to catch how David comes in. David brings an awareness that we need to catch. This is why the word speaks so loudly in our lives is we can see stuff like this. There was a fight going on. David shows up and you almost get this sense. He's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who is this guy? Listen to the posture of David. David knew the covenant promises of God. David knew 
He had such an intimate relationship with God. He understood God's faithfulness and covenant promise. And look at his response. Verse 27. And David said to the men who stood by him, checking their iPhones, looking away, you know, checking text messages, totally distracted because they wouldn't face what was actually going on. And he says, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Do you see what he did? He said, who is this guy to come against us? Who is this enemy that's going to stand against the armies of the living God? Some of you this week, when you face that giant, when you face that enemy, you say, you are an uncircumcised Philistine. Get out of my life. You need to let him know. I serve the living God. So you have a part to play. We all have a part to play. No matter what stage or place in the journey you're at with all of this, maybe you just recently got saved. You're a brand new believer. It's a good thing that you're in church today. Because we're getting you battle ready for the things that you might face or the people you might walk with. But there was a fight going on. David showed up. I wanted to give us real quick, if I could, five ways to fight spiritually in our lives. Okay, the first is this. We fight with prayer. And that's where we begin, always. Prayer is not the last resort. It's the first thing we do. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said, pray like this. He didn't say, if, he didn't say if you feel like it or if you remember. He says, pray like this. And in Matthew chapter 6, he gives us the Lord's Prayer. I've prayed this prayer my whole life, basically. I learned this prayer before I was a Christian. I kept praying it after I became a Christian. And I can tell you right now, embedded in this prayer is everything we need to live the Christian life. Okay, but there's a part of it that's important for you to know. It says, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it goes on, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our prayer is a deliverance mechanism as we fight. So when we pray that prayer, God delivers us. When's the last time you fought in prayer? And you prayed prayers like, Jesus, deliver me from the evil that's around me. God, protect me from my enemies. Father, go before me. Be my rear guard. There's a great prayer I want you to learn. It's real simple. Four words. It's in Zechariah. It's also in Jude. It's these words. The Lord rebuke you. Because the moment that you pray, the Lord rebuke you, you step out of the way. And you're like, God, take him down. God, it's time for a beat down. I'm just opening the door for you, Lord. You come on through. But we need to learn to fight like this. Fight with prayer. Number one, fight with prayer. Number two, fight with wisdom. There are battle techniques for every fight. When, 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 the, when the church was born in the book of Acts, every single church was started with a different strategy. The correlation between Acts and Joshua is incredible. Every single city the Old Testament people took down had a different strategy, different plan. It's exactly the same for us today. Every single battle you fight will, will take a different strategy, different plan, different wisdom. But it's always the same thing. We've got to fight with wisdom. Proverbs 20 and verse 18 says, Plans are established by counsel, by wise guidance, wage war. Don't go into a fight without wisdom. Amen. Don't go into a fight without seeking the Lord for counsel. Yes. Number three, fight with joy. 
You know, I, th- I think if the enemy's attacking you, it means you're doing something right. It means you're where you should be. I remember some, someone said to me one time, he said, under attack, you're right on track. And he said, get happy about it because you're serving the Lord. You're part of the army of the living God. I love, I love David came to this fight. You know how he came into this fight? He came with wine, cheese, and bread. It just makes me happy. He was just like, boys, I'm here. I brought the food. Let's enjoy it together. We're going to fight with joy. We're going to fight, fight out. Sometimes we just need to sing ourselves happy. There's something about singing and worshiping. I love that song we sang this morning, Hallelujah. Sometimes we just got to Hallelujah our way out of this thing. We're going to fight with joy and we worship and sing. You know, in the, in, in the, the time of the Second World War, it was common in the UK and Europe when there was a depression going on, there was so much devastation in society. You know, what they would do, people would go to pubs and clubs and social situations and they would just get people to start singing because it elevated, it elevated the mood. But that's what happens when we sing to God and we remember who He is. And I think there's just so much power when we fight with joy and sing and worship through our battles. So number three, number four, we fight with the Bible, which is the sword of the Spirit. Ephesians 6 verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have to pray, but we also have to claim and proclaim the sword over the situation and over the situation of others. You know, you can claim Scripture for other people. You can declare the sword of the Spirit over someone else's situation. When's the last time you printed out a verse and put it up in your house? I just I love that because I'm just like, you know what? If the enemy walks around this room, he's going to see that sword. He's going to be reminded who he's messing with. And maybe he'll leave. You know, in Ephesians 6, it says that it's the sword of the Spirit. It says, it's, it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the only part of the armor of God, which is an offensive weapon. Everything else is defensive. But the Word of God is how we actually attack and how we move forward, how we step forward, how we take the ground. For this church to step into to the future, for the vision that God has for you, for, for heaven to come to earth, which I'm so excited about this vision that's coming for you and your, your church, the only way it's going to happen is if you step forward into it. And you step forward with the Word of God, not without it. And it's powerful when we fight with the Bible. So we fight with the Bible. And number five, we fight in community. One of the first things I do after I pray myself is I ask others to pray for and with me. I started a, a group text um, with some guys in my church. I think we're up to about 20 strong right now in this group text. And I called it the prayer militia. The prayer militia. And I, and, I, and I laid out the rules of engagement for all the people that are in this text. I was like, hey, if you're in this text, I expect, you, I expect certain things. I expect that you're in the Word. I expect that you're praying in tongues. I expect that you're, you're fired up every day. And, and, and when you get a text message from one of the brothers, you'll stop what you're doing. You'll pray straight away. You'll just not even leave it because in the spirit realm, we just got to move. We're going to step in. We're going to contend. We're going to fight. But we're doing it together. Because sometimes we need to gather the camp. 
Get your people lined up. Get your shield bearers alongside you to help take the blows, but also take some ground. See, this is warfare. You cannot do it alone. That's why being in a connect group is not about so Pastor Alex can get some numbers up. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got everything to do with your spiritual welfare. It's got everything to do with the health of your soul. It's got everything to do with you being able to step into the future that God has for you. That's why it's so important that you you rally the camp around you and you get people with you. So number one, spiritual warfare is real. Number two, we're all called to enter, to fight, to overcome. And number three, as the team comes and join me, our victory, listen to me, friends, it comes from and it comes through Jesus. And it comes from no other place. You know, I think about Jericho often. When I, t- when I think about this stuff, and why did Jesus show up in Jericho? Because it was the first city. He gave him the battle plan. You know, when Jesus is involved, there will always be victory. When Jesus is present, when we call upon the name of Jesus, we're fighting our battles. We will always step forward victorious. Because we're coming from a place of victory. We're not trying to get victorious. We're already there. And, the, and the, the enemy is a defeated foe, but he's not yet destroyed. That's the tension we live in, the tension from the, the where we are now to the not yet. But can I just encourage you, it's our victory that comes from Jesus. It comes from the place, but it also comes through his presence. He's given us peace through his words. When we understand we're in a battle, we accept the call. Can I just encourage you, I believe there are people today, right now, that are accepting the call. You're accepting the moment of being drafted into the armies of the living God right now. You're deciding, you know what, this this is for me. And maybe you're in here today and the truth is you're in a battle right now. And I I think in a room like this, there's probably a lot of warfare going on. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's marriage. I just got, got a burden today for some reason in my spirit for kids. That there's people in here and your kids are away from the Lord. We're going to do battle today. And we're going to line up in battle and we're going to start to see miracles take place. Because we're stepping into the spirit realm and we pray and we fight with scripture. When we get in community, when we come around this together and we say, you know what? The enemy no longer will occupy this space. We're moving him on. And we're going to occupy the land that God has given us. So would you stand with me? And here's what we're going to do. I'm believing this is going to be a significant moment for some people today. But this is what I'd like to do. We're going to sing this song. We're going to sing about God's faithfulness in a minute. But if you're going through a battle right now, we're going to have leaders down the front. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to come down the front when we start worshiping. In fact, you can just start coming right now. If you're going through a battle, maybe it's your health, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your marriage, maybe you feel like you're in an impossible situation. Sometimes to step into the victory, to step into the place of promise that God has for it, it's going to take you stepping out of your seat. Stepping out of the place you're in right now physically. And that's saying something to the enemy, but also saying something to God, I need this. So why don't you begin to come right now? And we're going to believe together as we worship. We're going to pray over you. We're going to believe together. We're going to declare some things as we sing about the faithfulness of God. And remember, when we sing about God's faithfulness, we're proclaiming and prophesying that He will do it again. So you can begin to come as we, as we start singing right now. To take a moment just before I pass back to, to Alex, I just want to take a moment and 
give anyone the opportunity to say yes to Jesus that maybe hasn't. Because you might be in here today and you're like, this sounds amazing, but I need to just take the first step. I need to just give my life to, to God. I've been holding out. Or maybe you've been coming to church for a couple of weeks and you haven't yet done that. I want to see if there's anyone here today that maybe needs to say yes to Jesus. The reality is this, you're not here by mistake. You're here on purpose. God has ordained in the heavenly realm. I want you to think about this for a moment. We're talking about the spirit realm a lot today, but there was a long, long time ago, God worked it out that you would be here today. That you would be here today. And if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, I'm pleading with you. Say yes to Jesus. Leave this place knowing that you know that you know you're in right relationship with Him. So with every head bowed, eyes closed, just giving people a moment of privacy. Christians are praying. Friend, have you ever said yes to Jesus? I wonder if today would be the day that you would surrender ownership of your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's as simple as praying a prayer. And I would love the honour and the privilege of leading you in that prayer right now. But I just need to know who that is, who it is that I'm praying for. So here's what I'd love to do. I'm gonna count to three. And if that's you today, and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never surrendered ownership of your life to Him, I'd love to lead you in a prayer right where you're at. So if that's you, I'm gonna count to three. So all I need you to do is just lift up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. And I'll lead you in a prayer right where you're at. So here we go. I'm believing in faith today that many people are gonna respond. Many people are gonna take this step. And when I count to three, you just lift up your hand. One, two, three. All over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. See you off the back there as well. See, what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer all together because there's people that are right alongside you, lined up in battle with you. And they've already made this decision. In our church, we all pray together because it kind of reminds all of us of where we've come. And it kind of reminds us, all of us, of what we're stepping into. We're all going to pray this prayer, but if you raise your hand, or maybe you didn't, but you wanted to, and you're going to pray this prayer, can I just encourage you, praying this prayer to God. You're not praying it to me or the stage or the roof or the team. This is between you and God. And He's accepting you as His son or His daughter right now. He's receiving you as His own. And we're all going to do this together. So come on, let's say, Dear Jesus, thank You that You love me. Thank You that You died for me. And You rose again so that I could have life. Forgive me of my sins. Of all the things I've done wrong, I make a choice today to follow you, Jesus, to be a child of God for the rest of my days and for all of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we give it up to those people saying yes to Jesus in church today? Awesome. Come on, can we praise God this morning? Come on, He's a good God. Come on, he's an awesome God. What a morning in church. Come on, I absolutely love it. Can we thank God for Pastor Matt? And what a beautiful message. I told him after the 9 a.m., that message was heaven sent. I don't know about you, but it was for me. 
Amen. It was good. It was for our church. It was for this time. And I love how it tied into what we just finished and what we're going into as a church. Come on, we're in a battle. The victories are already ours, but we're going to walk in it. We're going to fight. We're going to do this together in Jesus' name. And so many hands went up all across the auditorium. If you made a decision today to follow Jesus, uh, first of all, we want to congratulate you on the best decision of your life. It is the best. And... Uh, as a church, we want to come alongside of you. On the way out, before you go grab a coffee, a lemonade, whatever it is, we have a connect tent outside. And if you raise your hand before you head to your car, pass by and pick up this free gift. We have a free Bible in there. There's a small little letter from me and Diana. There's a coffee mug. There's a Calvary notebook. There's a free Circle Cafe voucher in there for you to get free coffee. And maybe somebody next to you raise your hand. We were supposed to be praying, but you were peeking. And uh, if you were peeking and somebody raised their hand, take them to the connect tent. And no no strings attached. We don't want anything from you. In fact, we want to give everything to you and be on the journey with you. We're in this together. Amen. One more time. Can we give them a hand? Come on. In Jesus' name, we're declaring victory. Going to walk in victory. Believe that this week. Let's lift up our hands all across this place. Let's believe that God will go before us this week, behind us, that his goodness and his mercy will surround us all the days of our life. That will tell the enemy, the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. And we'll go after every spiritual blessing that is ours in Jesus. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray, God, that this would be our best week yet. We pray for our families, our homes, our city. God, we pray that it will be a victorious week as we go after all that you've given us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all of Calvary Church says, amen, amen.